you experienced? Have you ever been experienced? We're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 379, a.k.a. Year 8, Week 24, uh, coming at you this week. As always, I am your host, Mr. Richie Rich, along with MC. And since this is your live Clubhouse broadcast, uh, find us on Clubhouse. Uh, the club is the Anarchist Experience, or you can at me at Riches for Rich, R-I-C-H-E-S, the number four, R-I-C-H, um, and you'll get the little notification when I start the room. Uh, to get the show broadcast. We usually turn on the recordings about 4 p.m. Eastern time on the old clubhouse, and then after a little bit of vocal warm-up, uh, start the show. So a little, little late start than usual, but we've been in the room for the, all that time. So if, if you're joining us for the first time, uh, thank you. Welcome. If you've been a fan of the show for a long time, thank you and welcome. Uh, that being said, what is going on with you this week, MC? I am addicted to caffeine. Not unusual. Yeah, um, and then I tried to stop, and it didn't work out so well. So, um, yeah, I, st- I stopped for like four days, and then uh, I felt kind of. I, well, what happened was I stayed up too late, and so okay. then it affected my health a little bit. And then the, the next day, I was like, "Screw it! I'm going to have a cup of coffee to see what happens." And what do you know? I felt a lot better after I had that cup of coffee. It's amazing. I still isn't it? felt a little bit bad, but a lot better. And then okay, so then, so then I didn't have any caffeine all the next day. But later on in the evening, I was like, man, I'm I still, you know, I want that caffeine. I, ha- I ended up having a Coca Cola and that has caffeine in it. Okay, um, and then I went another day without caffeine and just I don't know. But anyway. What I found out was that you know if you're gonna kick a uh, an addiction, it's really important to have really good health because I'm when screwed. When your health goes down, or not, I mean, just feeling, uh, I don't want to say like perfect health, like you know body weight and stuff like that, but just uh, feeling you know comfortable and yeah. whatever, just feeling good in general. But. Um, as as soon as you as soon as you start feeling a little bit you know sick or whatever then then uh that urge to fix it with you know sugar or caffeine or whatever you're addicted to uh gets worse and the bad thing is it actually works it actually makes you feel better <laughs> so well that's why there are people who are you know, three, four, five, six cup a day coffee drinkers right because mm-hmm. they've built up that tolerance to I feel good now to that level. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, but certainly, because uh, for, for three or four days I felt fine. But yeah. it, it wasn't until, you know, my sleep schedule got messed up just a little bit. And, you know, that cascades into, you know, kind of feeling, uh, you know, a little bit sick or whatever. Just yeah. down. Uh, and then, and then to resolve that, uh, you know, a quick fix of, of caffeine. Um, so anyway, that's my struggle right now. So I'm, yeah. I kind of, 
I'm kind of waiting till I I get back to 100%, and there's some other drama in my life happening right now, and that's probably hurting my immune system too. Um, but once I get to 100%, and I'll try, you know, cut, cutting coffee. But, but then the next time I do it, I'm going to super focus on, you know, getting quality sleep, exercise, diet, and all that stuff, and see if it's easier. And my and I expect it to be easier. It should be. So. Yeah. I mean, we, we went through this with, like, you know, the COVID thing for the last few years, right? People, people in better health to begin with had a better time getting over it. Um, as you know, I've been a little under the weather, and you might still hear it a little bit in my voice for the past couple of weeks, and I'm finally getting over it. <clears throat> um, but for me, it was, it's always just the rest, right? Like, I will, I will struggle and push through the day, but as soon as I get off the, the, the pay clock, like, I'm done. I'm in bed, I'm on the couch, I'm vegging out, I'm doing whatever um, to recover. Like, that's the recovery period. And I will, you know, I will sleep as much as possible. And, you know, um, one, one, one thing, goddamn free market capitalism, one thing that might be damaging uh, my health right now, uh, there's a restaurant chain here that you might be familiar with, but I don't think we have any in Hawaii. Uh, Panera Bread, are you familiar with this mm-hmm. place? Sure. Okay. Sure. Have you ever eaten there? Or yes. Okay, what just a quick? What's your opinion of their of their food or their quality? Um, I just want to know. I well, I mean, it was probably fifteen twenty years ago, but uh, it was it seemed like a decent quality place. Okay, all right. My first experience with them was like it it got touted so much here. We're like, oh, we're gonna go Panera Bread or Panera Bread this, Panera Bread that. And then when I went, I was so disappointed with like the the menu and mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, that being said. Uh, I think at the end of May, sometime in May or June or whatever. No, definitely sometime in May. They offered like a free promotion, you know, summer promotion, where you get a free beverage every two hours. Uh, And it turns into like a subscription thing, but it's free for the first couple of months before the subscription actually kicks in, right? Mm -hmm. So we've already made like two Panera Bread stops today, and we're going to try to make one more before the evening is out. And I just, I've been... You know, in, instead of, well, I still drink a lot of water, but instead of like more water, I've constantly had, you know, a 32 ounce fucking iced tea or lemonade mixed beverage from Panera Bread sure. um, constantly, right? I'm like, son of a bitch, you know, because <laughs> like when the, when, when the free period is over, they're going to ask for, you know, 11 bucks a month or whatever to keep the subscription going. And I can guarantee you I've drinking I've drunk way more than eleven dollars worth of Panera bread beverages. You know, mm-hmm. you know, between us all, hitting hitting it, you know, as often as we can. Like, okay, we're gonna be driving by Panera bread and we're gonna stop and get something to drink. Okay. Okay, we're gonna leave about ten minutes early in the morning because you're gonna get your morning coffee from Panera bread instead, and boom, here we go. That way we add one more in the morning and then two in the evening, you know. And I just, you know, and the thought came up this morning, it was like I wonder how many calories we're fucking adding by just drinking fucking Panera bread on a daily basis now um, while trying to, you know, while cutting out meals elsewhere uh, to cut calories and, you know, with the gym, right? So, like, I, I was doing the intermittent fasting for a while, and I wouldn't start eating until 3. Well, now I get home from the gym so late that it doesn't make sense to eat a dinner meal, like, you know, at 9.30, 10 o'clock at night when we get home from the gym. So I moved that to, like, breakfast. So I've been eating breakfast and lunch and then just a protein shake for dinner. Um, well, the last two weeks, you know, because I've been under the weather and there's been no gym, it's been like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. 
And then it's fucking Panera Bread drink, you know, constantly on top of it. And I was like, damn, you know, it's going to be, it is going to be rough to walk back into the gym on Monday because I think I'm feeling good enough to, to restart, you know, restart the gym routine on Monday and just get that healthy feeling back, right? Like, mm-hmm. ah, you know, this, this, even though the muscles are a little tight and sore, like I sleep better, I sleep, you know, deeper, I wake up with more energy, I wake up more refreshed, you know, to get that feeling back after being sick and doing dumb shit, like drinking a fucking soft drink daily. Um, but it, but it's like, you know, the promotion expires in like three weeks. So I'm like, okay, three weeks, I'll cut that out, and we're not going to extend it beyond that. But getting, as you said, getting over that addiction, I'm like, they're going to get me fucking addicted to this. You know, I'm going to be like, oh, man, I now, now I'm jonesing for a fucking Panera Bread lemonade, you know, at 2 o'clock in the afternoon when I would normally be drinking this with lunch kind of a thing. And all I've got is this plain yucky water to, to suck on now. <laughs> but yeah, overall yeah, being used, good, being good health is a, an important thing in life. I, I used to uh, criticize people for for drinking water. I was like, "Why drink water? Like Pepsi and Coca Cola are almost as cheap, or sometimes they are cheaper." Yeah, than a and water based. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, "Why? Why would you drink water when you can have something flavored and has caffeine and sugar? It's like wonderful." Right. Until uh, it hurts you. <laughs> so. Right. That, is, that might be one thing, you know, getting older makes more sense, right? I didn't have a problem drinking soda and eating fast food as a teenager, you know, in early college. But I, you hit that point, it's like, ugh, a fucking McDonald's burger makes me sick. I don't really want to drink another soda, maybe. But I have a sweet tooth, you know? Like you talk, prior to getting on the air, we were talking about, like, what you would do for your health, right? And if... If I was put in a situation where it was like, well, you got to give up all the sugars, you know, <laughs> it's like, ah. you know what? Just give me the fucking sugar. I'll just, I'll, I'll die happy. I'll, I'll yeah, die happy yeah. and satiated and sweet. And, and so there's things you can do. Um, uh, for example, fasting. Um, the, the problem with sugar is, that, you know, you get the, the spikes. So if you take a lot of sugar, your body's going to create a lot of insulin to counter that. And then as soon as your insulin drops, you're going to feel uh, like you need more sugar because, well, because you do. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, and, that, and that's part of the problem. So if, if, you, if you're more strict on uh, uh, you know, intermittent fasting, so you know, one, you know, one or two meals a day and having a long fasting period, uh, then the sugar isn't as uh, negative for your body because your, your body has time to recuperate. Yeah. And for a while I was strict. Like it was, you know, nothing, not even water unless I was, you know, doing something labor intensive, not even water before 3 PM. Like my, my window was like three to nine basically. Cause I sure, would, sure. you know, lunch at three and then, uh, gym at like, you know, five thirty six, And then immediately after that dinner. And then that was it for the, you know, mm-hmm. for the night. I did a, a dry fast one time, so 48 hours, no food or water. Okay. Um, and that was pretty interesting. Okay. So it, it made me feel, uh, well, just kind of sick. It, it, yeah. Uh, it's kind of like when you when you have the flu. Um, eventually, the appetite goes away, and you just kind of just kind of feel sick and don't feel like doing anything. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's, you know, it's a very 
intense fast because you know you, you need water. Uh, so what happens to your cells when you don't have enough water? Well, they start breaking down other things, looking for any extra water in your body that that it can find, and and that's basically what fasting is. It's it's causing stress on your body so that it goes into fight mode and yeah. starts fighting off all the bad stuff that's just lingering in your body that your body just uh, is too lazy to get rid of because, you know, why get rid of it when we could just, you know, just let it sit there. It's easier to let it sit there of course, uh, than, than get rid of it. And so your, your body actually works the same way as uh, uh, human intellect sometimes. <laughs> the, the longest I've gone, I, it wasn't a dry fast because I did drink water. Um, but I went on a hunger strike in like elementary school, sixth grade or something, to try to get my dad to quit smoking. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not eating. I lasted a week of just wow. a few sips of water. <laughs> Eventually, like, threw up in school, and then I was like, okay, fine. You win. <laughs> Keep smoking. <laughs> but I was impressed. It's like a week. A week of zero food. Like, nothing, nothing except for water, like, down my throat, basically. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't want to do that. It's uh... a... <laughs> I think I enjoy food too much. So. I want to do it so little that I have never done it again. Like that was a like, and that's why I did the I did a juice fast to fight cancer myself. Yeah, and and so the juice fast, you get to drink as much juice as you want, any kind of juice too. Like if you want, uh, you know, strawberries in your juice, you can do that. Uh, orange juice. Um, I uh, the the number one though is is for health reasons is carrot juice so I so I mix carrot juice with everything okay and uh, and then I, I I didn't like the green juices as much but I did them uh, you know spinach or kale or whatever yeah um, I do not like green in my fruit smoothies fuck sure that. sure and there, and there is ways to to make it more palatable but I think. Uh, yeah, carrot, carrot juice was my, my go-to. And then also uh, watermelon. Um, what else did I do a lot of? Shoot. Um, yeah, I had another point to that. But anyway, um, well, here's yeah, what so as much, as much juice as you want and, um, and, and basically no meat, no, no carbs besides the fresh fruit. And uh, when, you, when you juice it, it removes all the, the fiber and stuff too. And right. so... You're giving your your gut a chance to um, only deal with what your 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 body is putting in there. So, yeah. you're, you're, you know, when you poo, most of your most of your excrement is is actually dead dead blood cells, which is kind of interesting because that means everything you put in your body is yep. going through your bloodstream. So think about that. Whenever you put something in your body, uh, it's gonna it's gonna go through your bloodstream, and some things go through it. Uh, much easy, more easily, easily than other things. As I a lot snack of things, on M and M's, yeah, a lot of things get absorbed. Well, sugar, especially, it gets absorbed right right into your your stomach lining, so it doesn't have to go through uh, your intestinal tract at all. Um, and and so things that go directly from your stomach into your bloodstream, um, th- those are the you know the the quickest and the the most uh, uh, shocking to your to your system, yeah. As you're snacking on M and M's, yeah. Here's where capitalism gets me again, right? Because I'm like I'm trying to do the healthy thing, and so juicing has crossed my mind. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, huh? Maybe we maybe we should start juicing. I keep this thought to myself, right? But then I jump on Google. I go, like, hey Google, what's the, what's like the best juicer if we're gonna you know if we're gonna start juicing? And it's like six hundred bucks, you know, for this like really high end 
juicer that if sure. we're going to do it, like I'm going to, we're, we're going to fucking do it, do it. You, know? <laughs> you better. <laughs> and when it comes to kitchen gadgets and shit, like that's, that's where my, it's like video games and kitchen supplies is where I, where my entire fortune is lost. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I'm like, you know, I'm asking like, Hey, do you think we should start juicing? And I'm like, no, why? Like, I don't know. Cause you know, might be healthier. And I'm like, well, what about like, you know, juice? I'm like, glad you asked. Cause there's this like $600 juicer on Amazon. Like, no, no, we're not fucking spending another 600 bucks on a juicer. I go, but why? If you got, you know, if you've got the good juicer, right, then you'll, you'll be in, you'll be incentivized to juice more cause you don't want to waste it. Right. Like I got, you know, yeah. I bought the, I bought the flat top for the stove. It's a $600 fucking piece of steel. Yeah, for me that for me on. that doesn't work. Like I I always do that. I say, well, if I spend a thousand dollars on this this rowing machine, then then I'll definitely use it. And 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 I did that, and I put it in the back of my Tesla, <laughs> drove it home with the trunk open, and and put it in, and I've used it like three times. <laughs> you know? I, I I want to I want to suggest that there might be some marginal value there, right? Like. We, we, you know, we're, we're going to Panera Bread three, four times a day because we have this free subscription that would otherwise cost us 11 bucks, right? You know, if, if I had a thousand dollar piece of equipment, right, that's the only thing that would get done around here. You know what I mean? Like, no, 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 everyone, everyone's taking a turn on the rowing machine because we're going to get our money's worth. Sure. Right, even even the gym, but that was like that's they you know I don't understand how people fail at this, um, but when I you know when I initially signed up for the gym, it was twenty four hour fitness and my membership bill was like, you know twenty seven dollars a month. Right, I was like okay, so if I miss a day, that's basically costing me like a dollar. Like twenty four hour fitness is getting a dollar from me for providing no value. So I've incentive like every day, every every waking day that I'm able to go to the gym at that point. Right. I'm like, I'm gonna go I'm gonna walk in there, I'm gonna get my fucking dollars worth <laughs> for that little bit, you know. So, you know. Push three weights and get out. <laughs> the, the funnest the funniest time. Like this is my, my uh, buddy of mine had the gym membership too, and fucking there's one day. I was chilling with him and we weren't even like, I hadn't even planned to go to the gym that day. Like I either went already or was going to go later that evening. He's like, Rich, let's go to the gym. I, I already went, you know, whatever happened, whatever I'm going later. He's like, no, let's just, let's just go to the gym. And this was in Hawaii. Right. So we fucking, we walk into the gym. He's still wearing his slippers. We go to the floor area where people do the floor exercises, where uh, 24 hour fitness does the classes and stuff. And he stands against the wall eats a bento and I was like okay let's go rich and then we fucking left like that was the whole reason for us going to the gym was just so he could stand against the wall and eat a bento <laughs> i was like really he's like yep that's it like we came to you know but at the same time right got his dollars worth whatever whatever he was paying <laughs> monthly just walked walked in there ate his lunch while just you know gawking at whoever trying to get you know get noticed for whatever <laughs> it's ridiculous um, you brought up, you brought up, um, insulin a little bit earlier and it would have been a natural transition, but I suck at segues. So I don't, we don't have to get into headlines yet, but an issue came up this week. Um, and you can touch on it. Cause again, I had a, a private conversation about it and it makes sense to, you know, bring those up here. And it was, 
uh, California announcing or declaring or whatever, Gavin Newsom, the governor, saying that uh, California is now going to produce their own insulin for the California citizens, right? Like, drug, drug prices are too damn high. Um, and this is the California solution to this problem hmm. is to produce it their own, keep the cost, sell it at cost or whatever, give it away for free. And so I'm talking, you know, with, uh, with someone and, you know, the response was, yeah, I can get behind that. And of course my head literally about is like on the verge of exploding. Like, <laughs> God damn it. You know, why do why do I hang out with socialists and fucking Bernie bros and Bernie supporters and whatever, like, like these fucking guys. Um, and so we had to have like, you know, we, we had the discussion about it. Uh, and at one point, you know, she, she started to give the example of like, well, when I was going through some shit, right, and my prescription costs were too high, it would have been nice to have something like this. Right. And I kind of I stopped her. I went, oh, here it comes. Right. She's like, well, what do you mean here it comes? I was like, no, no, finish your thought because I want, I want to confirm in my head what I'm about to hear. Right. And so she goes, well, no, you tell me what you're thinking. I go, well, because it was too expensive for you, right, now you want to be the good Samaritan, it should now be cost-free for other people in that situation. And she goes, no, that's not what I was about to say at all, right? Just that, you know, it's gotten so out of control with the current system, right, that having something like this in place could prove beneficial. And that's where my, you know, head literally almost exploded again. I'm like, God damn it. All right. I don't want, we don't have to have this discussion now because we're both at work. Um, but like dig deeper, right? That's what I said. I'm like, you know, dig deeper. She's like, what do you mean dig deeper? I'm like, use the little Googles, right? Or whatever preferable search engine of your own and figure out like why that is the case, right? Because. So you mean Google like uh, uh, type in why is insulin so expensive? Right. Do that. You know? <laughs> Just do that. You know? And so she comes up with some article, and I was like, you know, and I, I forget what article she came up with with, with a partial explanation. And I was like, dig deeper. And she's like, I can't fucking dig deeper. I got to get back to work. Just, you know, tell me. Tell me, what, tell me what I'm going to find eventually. You know, like, you know, skip to the end for me. I'm like, all right. You're, you really want to, like, skip to the end? You don't want to do this on your own? And she's like, yes, just, you know, give it to me. And I said, well, if you dig deep enough, like what you will find as the source of this entire problem and then some, right, is the state, the government, those people, like strangling a marketplace, right? Just like not letting the market do what markets do. Um, and it's, it's true for insulin and all other types of healthcare. Um, and so, you know, when, when, when she sees the headline, California going to provide insulin, um, for Californians, she immediately gets excited, right? Because like, okay, now that the state is doing it, people who need it will be able to get it because the state's going to provide, right? Mm -hmm. And when I read that headline, knowing what I know, right, I go, they're going to fuck this up because they're the state, right? So best case scenario, uh, people that don't need insulin, right, are going to foot the bill for people that do. 
right? The, the only way California gets money to set up their own insulin production facilities uh, is to first tax the citizens. And if everyone is taxed the same, that means people like me, if I were living in California, and I currently don't need insulin, right? People like me are going to be billed for that production uh, facilities and the, you know, the management, the bureaucracy to run it, even though I don't require that service. And that's like, that's the best case scenario is people are getting robbed to provide for those, you know, who or to provide for those in need rather than a charitable contribution. Mm -hmm. And number two, if California is providing it for free, right, then, then they have removed the pricing mechanism that regulates, well, not regulates is a bad word, but that, that, uh, I can't think of the word that regulates supply and demand, right? That accentuates it. That lets you know, like, okay, this many people need it. And so we need to supply this much of it and we can do so at this price, right? That goes out the window. If the government is just going to produce and give away, right? What are they going to do with the excess? If there's, if there is any, what are they going to do if, if there's a shortage? Because people migrate to California to get free insulin all of a sudden. And that wasn't accounted for. And so they cannot keep up with demand because they don't know where to price it to, to make sure that it's distributed properly. Hmm. And so I see, you know, I see the same headline and I see a clusterfuck of this is going to end badly. Um, but the, the Democratic Socialists, the Bernie bros, the, you know, the status out there, they go, oh, great. People need insulin. It's the government's job to provide it. And this is going to end well. And so it's, you know, it's, it's, it's frustrating it's frustrating again um, a little bit to to have to have those conversations again, right? Like, I, I, you know, it's, I do the podcast so I don't have to have these conversations with real people, right? I got, <laughs> I got tired of having these conversations with real people. So now I say it once and you can listen to it if you want to. Um, but also, you know, having, having made the move to New Hampshire, and surrounded myself with liberty loving individuals. Um, like I'm not, you know, I'm not going to exclude this person from my life or get rid of them in any way, but it is frustrating to be like at square one again, when it comes to discussing principles of freedom and liberty and free markets and whatnot, because I know I already know that there's a bias and I already know that bias is towards socialism or democratic socialism. Uh, and I already know that I'm going to be frustrated for a while as I dig them out of that shithole of an ideology um, and maybe move them in direction of freedom and liberty. Yeah. And for, for a lot of people, um, it's, it's not an ideology. It's just an assumption. Um, and that's, that's where I came from originally. Uh, and I've told the story many times, but basically... I didn't have an ideology. I just assumed that government people were good folk and that they, they, uh, uh, you know, they were the mature adults uh, doing things. And of course I was a kid. So, you know, that's, yeah. that's what you're taught to think. Right. Um, and then as you get older, you find out, wow, these, we really are living in a clown world. <laughs> you know? It is so ridiculous. <laughs> like the amount of crap that rises to the top is, uh, is, is remarkable. <laughs> So I don't I don't necessarily agree with everything that was discussed in it, but um, because there was some extra time available last night, where like 
nothing was really happening. Um, I just turned on the documentary, like what is a woman <laughs> and watched it with this, sure. you know, democratic socialist left-leaning individual just to see, right? Like I'm just going to put this on. There was no discussion about it. You know, I've had it in the queue for a while. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't watch a trailer for it or whatever. Just title of it. Uh, <clears throat> have you seen it by any chance? Um, I saw reviews of it in little snippets, but I haven't watched the whole thing. Okay. Um, I want to, I want to say it's worth watching. It's not profound in any way. Sure. Um, depending on it, your perspective, it's more of like a common sense type of movie. It's not like yeah, I understand. Yes, I've but seen. but it's also like ninety minutes of Matt Walsh like trolling leftists. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. And then you know interviews a couple of people that you know are on our side, quote unquote. Um, well, he he talked to people over in other countries too, different cultures and stuff. So he went to like one tribe in Kenya or Nairobi. Oh, okay, that was it. Okay, yeah. See, that's why I said I saw some of it, yeah. but yeah. And again, you know that's that. How do I want to put this? You know what's going to happen when he goes to those tribes, right? There's you know there's there's strict tradition that has been followed for you know thousands of years, and. I, you know, the, the interest, I guess the, the more interesting part is how the fuck did the West get away from that? Right? Like what was, what was the triggering event where that became like, that became the topic. And so I think one of the only comments I made during the documentary as we were watching it, um, was like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Are you familiar with this? Uh, generally. No. Okay. Um, uh, it basically says, you know, the, like the, the human brain only solves like one problem at a time based on your needs. Sure. So unless you're fed, um, you're not going to worry about, you know, uh, uh, sexual gratification or, you know, the origins of the universe. Right. Mm-hmm. Like there's a, there's a pyramid and at the bottom is like food and shelter. And then, it, you know, kind of goes up from there until you get to, oh, let's yeah, let's talk about philosophy and, you know, the like. And I just, I was thinking, you know, like, you know, uh, Western culture, right, has gotten so many of these needs met on this, you know, on this Maslow's hierarchy of needs that we're, we're at like the pinpoint at the top of the, at the top of the pyramid. And now we're thinking like, am I really a woman? Right. You know, like that's, that's the level of thought that we've got to, because all these other needs have been met. And there's nothing else important to think about except these uh, gender and sex related issues. Yeah, and and my, I, I sum it up, and when when I think about why people do what they do, I always say, well, uh, the question is always, well, why did this person do that? And well, the the, the real answer is, well, they had nothing better to do. And that's what the that's what that guy's brain came up with. <laughs> you know, it's like okay, well that that explains everything. But uh, I mean, that's obviously oversimplified, but it's true in a lot of ways. And and yeah, and and we do have in Western culture, we do have you know so many things uh, that people take for granted, and that's actually one of the reasons why people assume that government can give it to them because they say, well, all this stuff, it's just, it's, it's, it's everywhere. And so it's, uh, it's pervasive. It's, it's all taken it's, care of. It, it, 
it's so easy to accomplish that it should be free. Right. And they don't they don't see where 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 the value came from. It came from, you know, thousands of years of building up uh wealth and and value and figuring out which things are to uh, you know, be valued and yeah. and in which order and and then we eventually get to a place where we have, you know, cities and stuff and and uh, somehow somehow it worked out amazingly. Yeah. Um it's and actually, expressing a time preference over that wealth. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's surprising that we we do have anything actually. Um, you know, we could just be, uh, you know, killing each other, and, and that might happen. We still might nu- nuke each other, and <laughs> you know, if things get bad. And so that's or, why I think, or go back to like you know the the tribes in Kenya or wherever that you know documentary took place was like you know clearly defined, right? The, the man's job is to provide for the woman and put food on the table for the kids. That is it. Yeah. And so for at the moment. I think you know what we should prioritize, uh, and, and I'm specifically pointing at the left for this is is uh, gratitude. So gratitude, you know, seeing things, you know, they're they're pretty amazing how they are now. Could be, you know, we've come a long, you know, humans have come a long way, and without gratitude, you lead to things like um, trying to start a war with Russia and and uh, and. You know that, that that could you know not only set the world back but possibly you know end it for humans. Yeah, and, and some people don't care about that. There's there's so many. I talk I talk on the the climate channel all the time on Reddit, uh, the climate change channel, and there's so many of yet? them. No, no, just got a, a few tongue lashings every day. But um, uh, there's so many of them that would be happier if there were no humans on Earth. Yeah. And and I point out to them, well, you're 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 a psychopath. You know that, right? Like, well, no, because like nature is important. Like, well, what are you? You know, are you part of nature or not? Like, <laughs> I like I don't care if he leaves the planet. <laughs> There's a couple ways to do that, but um, I want those people yeah. to kill themselves, right? <laughs> Lead by example. If you're that, if you're if you're to that level, right? You know. Like the, the self-immolation people. I've, I've got no further options. Just do it, you know. Put your theory to the test. Let's see the practical effects of losing one more human life. Yeah. To that and, nonsense. And, but then when you realize what they're actually doing is uh, pure, pure virtue signaling. They hate humans because it's, that's the right thing to do is hate humans. Yep. And they're in their mind. Um, you know, it's not, it's, again, it's, a lot of it is just assumption. You know, I, I keep pointing out, like, <laughs> I, lo- I love, I always bring this channel up because it's so fun. Like, okay, so they, they say that uh, CO2 in the atmosphere is, is a bad thing. Okay, well, where did the CO2 come from? Well, it comes from the, the oil that we're burning. Well, where did that come from? Well, it came from a lot of living things that were, you know, flying around and, and walking around and swimming around and, and not, not just that, but mostly it's the, the plants. So, so uh, layers upon layers of, of, of massive vegetation co- covering the whole planet um, during uh, warm periods. And a lot of that CO2 got trapped. And, you know, and that's, that's what creates the oil. And so basically what we're doing is we're putting the stuff of life back into the atmosphere. It's the most green thing you could possibly do. And they're upset about it. 
they're saying this is anti-nature. Like, well, where did it come from? It came from nature. Like, we're just putting it back in the atmosphere. Um, and then, of course, there's a whole bunch of uh, 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 scary doom propaganda about having too much CO2 in the atmosphere. Uh, but the planet has been through that before. So, yeah. Um, That's one thing I, I struggle with, too, is that it came, it came from nature in some form or fashion, right? Like, through, through human modification or natural occurrences things get converted to other things. Mm-hmm. And so if it gets converted, you know, by human causes, it will get reverted by natural causes at some point down the line because you can't, you know, it's like every, everything is natural because by defin, definition, like the supernatural can't be explained by nature, right? It doesn't, supernatural things don't exist. They're, they're, they're yeah, I mean, mythology. That's, that's, yeah, one way to look at it. Yeah, sure. Um, but what I'm saying is we're actually helping the planet get back to where it was when there was more CO2 in the atmosphere and there right. was more life on the planet. And well, I don't want to hear that. So, so then the rebuttal to that is, well, we're doing it too fast. And if we do it too fast, it'll be a shock to the earth and we'll have a huge die off. But I haven't seen that at all. I mean, we've got more tree coverage. We're using less land to produce more food for all of humans um this is exactly what you would want like it couldn't get any better than this like this is the the best scenario you could possibly imagine for humans and for the environment because like i said again more co2 makes uh even even with uh the the uh uh what do you call it the uh, oil-based um i don't know fertilizers okay um even with the enhanced fertilizers we have now compared to yesterday um it co2 still helps grow more food on smaller amounts of land so the worst case scenario would be for us to go down to 100 parts per million of co2 in the atmosphere you know if somebody makes a, a co2 capturing machine and it's successful uh the planet would be marginally cooler but the worst part of it would be uh, it's much harder to grow stuff, um, and so and we'd have to use much more land, much more water, and that would be the worst case scenario. <laughs> like, why well, would you all want... just start eating insects then? <laughs> well, that's what they want, I think. Crickets but, is a superfood, but, didn't you know? but what it really comes down to is that there's there's psychos, and psychos are generally attracted to government, and they don't like humans, and they think they're better than us. <laughs> so what are they? Some some uh, evolved sort of uh, uh, alien, uh, not alien, but human. Human. I would say two point but it's 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 more like a negative one. Like they they don't they don't agree with uh, the human condition. I, I think the term you're looking for, MC, is lizard people. Yeah, lizard. Pe- that's what they are. They they bleed <laughs> blue. Why do you think they want to eat the crickets? <laughs> oh, that's a very good point. They want us to be like them somehow. We ain't gonna take it. <laughs> I will eat the goddamn red meat, and I will like it. <laughs> yeah, a lot, I think a lot of people are just going to die. And that, I mean, if if you know, forced to eat insects, you know, we 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 talked about that earlier. <laughs> like, uh, what would you do to stay alive? Well, some people would 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 sacrifice their organs, um, and. Uh, so, you know, but but they but they won't sacrifice their diet. <laughs> so. Right. 
the you know and and again i i don't know i don't i can't tell you for certain if i'm excluded from that category sure i have i have altered my diet um to lose weight successfully right but it is it is difficult um and i, I i'm not going to say that i'm adhd or whatever cuz i don't really think i am um but i did read something about you know people who claim to have ADHD where there's no such thing as forming habits for them right like every 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 task they do um is just as difficult the second day as it is on day one so you know the 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 general consensus is you know to form a new habit do the same thing for three weeks and once you've gotten three weeks in like the new habit is created and it becomes a routine um, and in some ways in my life, that's true. Like I have a, I have a very regimented schedule for the most part with like, you know, I, I go to work and then I go to work and then I go to the gym and then I come home and I eat this and then I fucking go to bed and I wash, rinse, repeat. Um, but when I, when I miss that day at the gym, like I have for the last couple of weeks for being under the weather, right? Like by the, by day th- two, Right, I go, okay, you know, I, I, I should have gone to the gym today. I didn't go. By day two, I'm like, I didn't go yesterday. That felt so much better. I don't want to go again. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And so I know on Monday, you know, come Monday when I go back to the gym, it's going to be a struggle to get there. You know, like the, the, one of the other ways I phrase is like, I really hate going to the gym until I actually get to the gym. Right, like until I actually start my workout, I loathe every aspect of that time, and then the workout feels good, um, and then I leave, and I and once again, like, well, I miss it, you know, I miss the workout part, but goddamn, everything else after that is just such a struggle to get back to the point where I'm back at the gym the next day. Sure. And so you know, change your diet or lose a limb. I don't know, man. Personally, I don't know. And it depends how drastic it is. And you're right. <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right. Um, but, you know, well, the, the, the example that I used before, before we went on the air was, you know, if, I, if I'm dying of thirst in, like, the desert or whatever, and I come across some, like, brackish water, I don't know if I have it in me to drink it. <laughs> like, I just don't know. Yeah. I like pure, ice-cold, refreshing water. You know, the icier, the, the clearer, the better. Um, and because that's what I've, you know, been accustomed to, call it privilege or whatever, um, having to, like, you know, bend down and, and slurp moss water out of a puddle just doesn't seem likely for me, depending on sure. the situation. Now, talking about, you know, depopulation and the climate agenda, right, one of the other things that happened this week that, again, I don't have an article for because it seemed just like regular news uh, the Georgia Guidestones came down. Did you see that? Uh, I don't know anything about the Georgia Guidestones. Oh. So I, I've heard about them, but I didn't know what they are or cared. So okay. not a big deal to me, I guess. But you can explain it if you want. <laughs> I, will, I will do my best to summarize for you. <laughs> um, the Georgia Guidestones was a mysterious monument. Like, it appeared overnight, as it were. Uh <laughs> Carved in stone, 
in like eight languages um, uh, instructions on how to rebuild civilization after a crash. Oh. And one of the one of the big things on the Guidestone, this is why a lot of people, you know, it's a conspiracy theorist thing, is the Georgia Guidestones recommend a, a an earthly population no larger than 500 million people. Oh, no. <laughs> that would be horrible. <laughs> okay. You're right. But all the, the, you know, like the eugenicists, you know, where where'd they get this, you know, 500 million number from, like Bill Gates or whatever. Yeah. It's written on the guidestones. It's literally carved into stone, left somewhere in, in, in Georgia for, you know, the survivors of whatever humanity does to itself uh, to rebuild civilization. Like, that's... That's the general purpose of the Georgia Guidestones. I couldn't tell you what else was on it, uh, but carved in stone in eight languages, right? Propped up like a monument in the middle of somewhere in Georgia, you know? Wow. So, in, uh, an impressive, uh, was it, the, you know, rogue art installation, right? Whatever you want to call that. <clears throat> but done by whom? Nobody knows. Never, you know. And then, and then like this week, this, this is where it gets conspiratorial, right? So it's, it sits up there for whatever, you know, the climate agenda, the eugenicist agenda, all this nonsense, and someone manages to blow it up. Like, they, hmm. they you know, they blow up, like, one, one of the stones. And, like, you know, how do you feel about this? You know, I, I'm okay with it, right? I don't know where it came from, but <laughs> if, it's calling for a, if it's calling for a depopulation down to 500 million, right, I don't really give a shit what else is on that thing because I'm already against it. Um, <laughs> but then you know, but but then the state comes in and knocks the rest of it down, right? Hmm. So like, what's you know, like uh, like the Uvalde shooting, so, um, what about a month ago now or whatever, right? All that all that evidence of the shooter, you know, the cops, what were they doing? They're standing outside, you know, blah de yada yada. We need to do an investigation. And the, the you know state or city or county of Uvalde comes out and says like okay, we're gonna demolish the school now, just gonna tear it down. <laughs> what the fuck, you know? So the Georgia Guidestones gets blown up, right? And the the response from the state is knock it down all the way, hmm. right? Wow. So you know what's what's going what's the cover up there if you're a conspiracy theorist? Um. Much, I mean, this is a terrible comparison, but like much like the Leaning Tower of Pisa, right? Like the tower leans, and if they didn't prop it up, it would continue to fall over until it did, right? Which mm-hmm. which means they could erect it and make it the upright tower of Pisa at this point, but then it has no tourist value, so they they keep it at a slant for tourist reasons, which is dumb. Um, but you've got these Georgia guidestones. You know, no matter no matter what their importance or lack thereof is, right? Why not repair it? Why not you know rebuild the one stone or whatever? You know, reconstruct the one stone and and put it back up the way it was. You know, other, otherwise the terrorists win. Uh, but yeah, so so to have someone blow it up and then to knock it down completely, you know, like you got you got some group of people cheering it on, and I don't know. I mean, obviously, without you know, without you knowing more about it, it's hard to to get a, a reading from you. But 
like who you know no 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 investigation on who did it right it's just okay you know we they could have put fucking police tape around the area and put a guard there right no one is allowed this is now an active crime scene um for safety concerns stay the fuck away until we've completed our investigation no they just they went and knocked it down completely again seems fishy Hmm. to me anyway Elon Musk back in the news? Do you care? Uh, well, nothing, nothing really new. His Twitter deal is that what you're? Well, the the Twitter deal and the uh, fathering twins with his. Oh yeah, yeah. And him being, you know, based based Elon. <laughs> I, I mean, this is his. Uh, you might like this MC, right? Because his response to that was, "I'm I'm helping. This is my part in helping with the depopulation crisis." So more babies all the way around. Breed them yeah. and feed them. <laughs> prime yeah, minister. I don't have too much What's that? on that. Prime, okay. prime minister. Uh, or he, former uh, prime minister of Japan. Assassinated. Oh, yeah, yeah. When With he, a homemade gun. Did you see this thing? Uh, I saw some duct tape or uh, no, electrical tape looks like. Black yeah. electrical tape or something. Holding stuff together. So right before uh, we did the show, I kind of, you know, I eat my lunch, and I, I watch some YouTube videos, uh, and I found one video from, like, uh, the Mark Serbu channel. That main name probably means nothing to you, but he's a, a gunsmith, gun manufacturer, like small little independent gun shop. Sure. Um, and he was kind of doing, like, a little mini breakdown based on these small amounts of video and pictures that you had of this thing. Uh, and it was a... it. I mean, obviously homemade, double-barreled shotgun um, with electrical ignition. So hmm. basically parts that you can get in the hobby shop or the hardware store. And the gunman, like, missed the first shot. Hmm. He, took t- he took two shots. <clears throat> and one of, the, one of the things that came out afterwards was, you know, the, the poor response from security. Which I can understand. It's Japan. You don't expect that. You might expect someone to jump out with like a fucking samurai sword because that's racist and funny. But not with a homemade double-barreled shotgun. So like the first shot misses, security turns to uh, you know to to uh, engage the shooter, and then as the second shot is fired, like one of the security guys tries to like block the bullets with a briefcase. Hmm. And that's kind of, you know, what people are focusing on. Like, look at this idiot fucking trying to block a bullet with a briefcase. And I guess I want to be more. I mean, I would try to block it with anything. I mean, (laughs) that's kind of where I'm at. Like, it's obviously not going to work. Uh, But if that's what's in your hands and something's, you know, a projectile is coming at your face. Right. Yeah. That's what goes I, up in front of your face, man. I would probably block it with my hand. You know? <laughs> Even if nothing. it's not going to work, it's like, well, <laughs> this is what I got. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's that's silly to criticize somebody for trying to block a bullet. Yeah. Well, and and so again, having taken a handful of firearm classes, right? One of the one of the more interesting videos and concepts that gets taught um, in the defense classes. Right is, it doesn't matter what it is, put something in front of your face. Mm-hmm. Because for whatever reason, psychologically, the vast majority of people 
won't fire if they can't see your face. Mm-hmm. And so they, you know, there's a YouTube video out there, and this is the one they show in the class. And like, you know, they come busting in, you know, to the to the house or whatever, the, whatever I forget what they're breaking into is like it was an invasion. And the and the dude literally grabs a couch cushion, right, like the the fucking the throw pillow off the couch, mm-hmm. and hides behind that. And you see the gunman aim, right, and try to figure out how to shoot around this throw pillow. And it doesn't, never takes the shot, mm-hmm. you know? So even, you know, as I was talking to a coworker a long time ago when I had coworkers about just like, you know, putting up a piece of paper in front of your face, like anything. Because if they can't see your face, they're less likely to take the shot. So if you have, if you have nothing, right, to, to, to engage or to defend, the very least you can do is cover your face. Um, so from that perspective, like, you know, holding up the briefcase to attempt to deflect ricochet block uh, a shotgun blast, again, wholly ineffective, uh, but better than nothing or, you know, equal to nothing. You never, you know, it could, it could, it could hit the, it could hit the briefcase, you know, before it blasts through it or slow it down enough where whatever. I mean, obviously it didn't work because, you know, Abe died of succumb to the injuries. Um, I'm reading another article recently about it. Apparently, there it wasn't even like a political motive; it was some other weird thing, like some you know culty religious thing that he was apparently involved in, and hmm. this guy was upset because this religious culty thing, um, like stole all his mom's money or something, and this was his hmm. his like payback for it. So, I mean, another politician down. So I'm not complaining too much. Homemade weapons being used, you know. Elsewhere, not complaining too much. I don't care. I don't care what the statistics say about how often these things happen in other countries. Uh, but like recently in Japan, I think earlier this week there was you know a mass shooting, or whatever in like you know Denmark or something. I was like, you know, good old American exceptionalism spreading, right? <laughs> just just because it's you know starting small. Doesn't mean that the population there isn't as fed up as some of the American population is for whatever reason, um, and taking it into their own hands, right? The the Dutch farmers, right? The the farm blockade or the farm, what is it? Uh, strike, you know. They they showed one, you know, Marvin Hemeyer would be happy because some dude like outfitted his tractor with a bunch of steel plates and made it look like a tractor dozer or whatever you want to call it, kill tractor. So there's a lot of there's a lot of people getting fed up everywhere. Oh, another one just off the top of my head. Um, Sri Lankan president. Did you see anything about this? Uh, no. Uh, the, the, the people, the masses, um, ran him out of his palatial home. Like he was, you know, he, he's got his presidential palace or whatever. And the people in Sri Lanka were so upset. I don't even know why. Didn't even read why. Just, just know that they are upset enough. To run the president of their country out of his palatial estate, you know, presidential palace. So he fleed, um, and now the pictures online are, are, are of the people swimming in, like, the presidential pool. <laughs> and I can't, help, I can't help but draw the parallel uh, to our own January 6th insurrection, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they literally ran the president out of his home and out of the country in Sri Lanka 
for, you know, I'm going to assume acting like politicians do. And that's, you know, all well and good, but a, a handful of people take an uninvited tour of the Capitol building on January 6th, <laughs> and it's considered an wow. insurrection. Yeah. Right? They weren't run out of the country. They weren't harmed in any way. But you know, comparatively, shit's going down elsewhere, and it's always good to see. Yeah. All right. Um, we're very well pressed up to the end of the show. Um, I want to read one headline for you. I don't know if we're going to be able to get into the article, but I kind of, this is like the one that if I were going to pick uh, or get your input on is the one I would have picked. So here's the headline. Crypto needs a lender of last resort and more regulation as crypto winter intensifies, says Ben Samaru. I don't know who that guy is. So your thoughts on that does crypto need a lender of last resort more regulations or is this just a normal turn and turning of the market um wow and what are the implications of that if you can should the government no so the the problem with crypto isn't even a problem with crypto it's just it's just people being stupid um so does crypto need regulation no do people need regulation well it depends what type of people you are um crypto people <laughs> in this case well not all crypto people are crypto people some of them are just scammers so to be a and so i'll just make up this term to to be a crypto person um you would have to have some type of rules or principles that you believe in that 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 you upheld you uphold yourself and you expect the community to uphold um, and so one of those being is, you know, not your keys, not your crypto. And so, um, you know, it, there's a, a definitely a necessity for exchanges to exist on some level, whether they're, you know, manned by people or some automa- automated program on the Internet. Um, but people need to be able to exchange and to better help uh, find out the, the, the price of the crypto. Uh, even if if it's not in dollars, it could be uh, one crypto versus another. Um, so, in order to do that, um, uh, you know, there has to be some trust in a, a third party, and that's where the problem happens. Uh, you know, Bitcoin by itself doesn't have the third party risk, except for you have to kind of trust the developers and. And, and maybe the, the, the application that generates your wallet for you. Um, so, you know, outside of that, then, uh, you know, y- you need to be able to trade it. Now, you can trade it peer-to-peer, and that's the way Bitcoin is designed. Um, but if you want to exchange it on uh, a marketplace, then you have to trust that marketplace, right? So, right. So it does more difficult. Does the marketplace need to be regulated by the government? That's the question. Yeah. I mean, did you say yes or just you, you agree I mean, with me? <laughs> I'm, I'm agree. Well, here's a, here's a quote. You, you asked, but here's a quote from, from the article. Uh, it all feeds back into the need for regulation in this space, says Samaru. We need to know who's behind these crypto firms, how their operating policies and procedures work, all of that stuff. So in his opinion, right, from the article, uh, 
Yes, it does because because but, they because there's you know. such a large volume of scammers, mm-hmm. right? Someone needs to be able to pierce that veil um, and and hold the those people responsible. Maybe I I don't know. So like for example, in the case of uh, Celsius, um, they're they're getting sued by one of their former employees. By basically, they're saying that uh, basic safeguards are, are not put in place, and the, and the customers' funds are at risk, and all that. So, um, but in the fine print on the Celsius, you know, uh, agreement when you use them, it says that well, you know, if if Celsius loses a whole bunch of money, uh, your your the your account is basically forfeit. So. <laughs> It's like, well, it says it in their fine print. Why isn't that enough? Like, why, you know, you could choose to give them your money or not. Like, why, why does the government need to step in? I hear you. I generally agree with you. Um, but it just, what, what caught me with the headline is that it's now being talked about, right? Like, again, it, it, you know, crypto, when it first came out, I always harken back to this, was like the anarchist money. Right, unregulated, untouchable by the government for us to use amongst ourselves where the state cannot get involved. Um, mm-hmm. And as that, you know, as, as adoption got wider, uh, it became more, how do we integrate this with the current system? Uh, we need regulation so we know how we can operate. You know, please, please make some rules so we know that we're in the clear. Uh, you know, the, the, the problems going on with the, the Crypto 6 or now the Crypto 2 uh, highlights this. Right, because you know the the, the current laws are vague, um, and the fact that two of them are willing to go to trial, um, it may be precedent setting decisions uh, made at the federal level about some of this stuff, um, you know, and on exactly what it is and how it's defined and so on. So, I don't, I I cringe when I read the headline, um, because that's the exact opposite way that crypto should be going in general. Yeah, but it's so now it's just everybody else figuring out how they're going to uh, uh, set up their their monetary system around crypto. Um, and but it's silly because there's already a monetary system, and there's a whole bunch of rules on banks and how banks should run. Um, so I don't I don't see why it wouldn't be the case that well, if if you're running a a crypto bank that you have to uh, use the same rules as the the, the banking industry. Yeah, um, you wouldn't. I, I, well, I mean, except for that, they don't want to. You know, yeah. Yeah. like oh well, we're we're different. We're we're the crypto exchange. We're not we're not uh, a legacy. We're you know we're 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 so advanced that you, we we operate outside of uh, regulation and in a way I, I kind of agree with them, but in, in a way it's like, well, or you're just trying to scam people, which yeah. is probably the case for, you know, at least 50% of, of them, you know, they're, they're taking people's funds. They're, they're gambling with them. And, um, so obviously part- it shouldn't, it shouldn't be okay, but at the same time, well, okay, here's, here's another thing though. Um, it's, it's not a, uh, a coincidence that this is happening right at the beginning of a recession. 
or or at least a market downturn. It's not a coincidence. Like that's that's when scams get found out. That's when people find out that that, that the exchange that they put their money in doesn't actually have their crypto anymore because they've been gambling with it. Right. So it was when things go down. Um, so uh, we need to have these recessions more often, uh, downturns in the market, so that you know the the bubbles don't get so big that they affect you know billions of people. Um, and so I do blame you know the Federal Reserve even in that case, um, but also I blame people for uh, trusting institutions when the whole point of crypto, like I said, the principles is that you try to remove as much trust as possible, that you get to hold your money and you be accountable to you. But, but if the, if the whole population of the earth just doesn't agree and they just go, Hey, uh, numbers go up, everybody give your money away, just like a big Ponzi scheme, like they've been doing, uh, then it'll come crashing down and we'll have, you know, wild, wild, these wilds, uh, yeah. uh, swings. Um, I don't know if weathering the wild sw- swings is acceptable versus having the government step in and try to smooth those out. Okay. I mean, fair. I just, as as the anarchist, right, much like everything else, I don't want the government stepping in in this area. Right? I, I don't want, I don't want a crypto lender of last resort. I don't want regulations yeah, I want and I so, want this to be the area where the where we can prove definitively uh, that market so it, forces work. Well, it also might be the case that uh, crypto is known for scams, and uh, eight you know ninety percent of the population of the world just when they hear crypto, they think, well, it's probably a scam, and that's okay too. Yeah, good. Like, then we'll, doesn't we'll, mean, we'll know the good ones and we'll use that amongst ourselves. Yeah, and it, and it should be. And it's kind of like the stock market. You know, you, you, most people shouldn't be investing in the stock market and most people shouldn't be investing in crypto because they don't know how to do it right. <laughs> you know, and they're going to make mistakes. Um, and so it's kind of like, well, if people just assume crypto is a big giant casino, then good. Stay away. Like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if numbers go up forever. Like it, you know, you can do your thing, and the crypto people will do crypto people things. Um, the, I think the problem that comes in is is when uh, the crypto people uh, start making the case that that their investment is safe, and that's what they believed with things like um, uh, Terra Luna, where they're they're like, well, you just you buy these dollar tokens, and we'll give you twenty percent re- return, and it's you know it's it's so easy, and you just get on the website and just put in your credit card, and and uh, and they you, you see your numbers go up, and so you you put more money in there, and and that's that's what happens. Yeah. It, it's a Ponzi scheme. Um, the twenty percent isn't real. Um, they're giving you worthless tokens. Um, so how do you how do you educate people on on uh, you know, basic economics and Ponzi schemes when there's always a new, more sophisticated one, uh, you know, coming out, uh, you know, ready to take somebody's money. Um, you know, do you, do you need a government to do that? Or, you know, one of my favorite guys on YouTube, his name is uh, CoffeeZilla, and he, he documents all the different crypto scams and, and explains, you know, <laughs> Uh, usually well ahead of their collapse, uh, yeah. what will probably happen? <laughs> it's, it's like, well, how do you know, unless you're looking for negative information, 
um, you won't find it. You'll you'll find a whole bunch of people saying, "Oh yeah, you know this thing is is uh, foolproof. It's it's a algorithmic stable coin. It sounds so good. It, it must be true. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it sounds so means. complicated. It's a it's a complicated thing. You wouldn't understand. So so you must you know give them your money. No, um, that's when you don't give them your money. Right? <laughs> exactly. If you if it's too I don't know how that works for you to understand. Right, and that's Bad why idea. and that's. And that's why I stick with Bitcoin and Monero. Like I understand it to to some degree, um, and and Ethereum, I I don't really understand it. I like right now they're they're talking about going to a, a proof of stake thing, yeah. but it's like thirty six percent there, and like I I like I don't understand like when is this going to happen? Like how much inflation is there currently? How much inflation yeah. is there going to be in the future? Um, there's so many questions. I don't know where to begin, and so rather than put my money in it, I just go yeah, uh, whatever. Good luck, Look, guys. Yeah. Like I I I hope. You guys uh, make enough money to, to you know buy a whole continent. We'll call it the the Ethereum land, and and I'll visit. You know, that, that's <laughs> it'll be my, awesome. That's been my general answer to people who ask about like you know shitcoin A or shitcoin B, right? I don't know enough about it. I'm not going to bother wasting my time doing the research. Like after yeah. you've done it, you come back and report to me, right? You you tell me about it afterwards. Yeah, we'll, well see. Yeah, but the the problem is um, people are susceptible to uh, being baffled by bullshit. Like, yeah, I'm there, there's a certain there's cer- there's a certain degree of well, it's so technologically advanced that you can't understand it, and so you must just trust it. And I so, I've got literal bullshit on a plaque on the shelf in my bedroom, <laughs> and you know what I'm talking about. Sure, sure, yeah, but it, you know it's it's a reminder, right? It's yeah. Either leave your bullshit at the door or just be aware of all the bullshit that's out there and, you know, be responsible for your dollars should you buy into the bullshit. Yeah. All right. Final thoughts? Uh, Nope. Thanks. All right. That'll do it for us. You guys know where to find us. Anarchistexperience.com on Telegram, t.me slash anarchistexperience or t.me slash the anarchistexperience. And if you would like to contribute to the show financially, you can do so through Patreon, patreon.com slash the anarchistexperience. Thank you very much for listening. I'll talk to you all next week. Peace.